Welcome to episode number 11 of Joel Fleischman's Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for having me. Right. All right. Awesome happy hour. So we have three special guests here today. We're talking all things cabinetry, whatever else is going on in our mind. Uh, we've got John Klein. John, tell me a little about yourself. Uh, my name is John. I work out of the Brookfield location for Drexel. been here for the last eight years. Uh, my background is in architecture, so that really helped me kind of get into the field and really understand the minute details of everything. Um, I'm very excited to be on this end of a podcast. I have probably listened to 10,000 hours, probably worth of podcasts over the last 10 years. So super excited to be here. How long did you, how long ago did you reach out to me and be like, Joel, get me on one of your podcasts? The second you spoke about a podcast, I said, I want in on it because I just, it's a great form of sharing information that uh, I've been using since there was probably literally 20 podcasts out there. And now there's millions of podcasts. I mean, you're talking two, three years, right? Pardon? Two, three years? Ago yeah, that you yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it took a long time for the happy hour to come to fruition, so welcome. I like it. All right, Steph Schwartzmiller, welcome. Yeah, thank you, uh, Stephen Schwartzmiller. Was the, actually, uh, Schwartzmiller Associates is the company we're a sales liaison manufacturing rep firm, and uh, we represent Dura Supreme, which uh, Drexel sells and sells a lot of, so been doing it for, uh, 25 years now, and uh, excited to be a part of this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. First great. happy hour podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, yes. That's great. That's just a little extra pitbull music for everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. And we have Beth, last but not least, Beth Pouch. Yes, I'm Beth Pouch. I'm the cabinetry leader for Drexel. I work with our entire cabinetry team, kind of supporting them in their needs, dealing with vendors and assorted things. That's, I've been here 14 years, been doing cabinets a couple of years longer than that. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> so we all want to know, state of the economy and cabinetry, we've all heard some things, right? So COVID, pandemic, showroom shut down, but construction is strong. Where does that lie for all three of you? Uh, Steph, where is it? Where's Dura Supreme at? Are yeah. you guys up for the year, flat, down? You know, good question, flat, I would say uh, great first quarter, um, really tough second quarter, uh, and then a very positive third quarter, and we are bullish on the fourth quarter. Percentage of sales remodeling versus new construction? Uh, I would say it's about 50-50, okay. yeah. But I think the key is is that why it was down is that, you know, unlike Wisconsin, which still stayed open, like Michigan, one of our largest markets, uh, second largest market only to Wisconsin uh, for Dura Supreme. Um, completely shut down. So you could, we couldn't deliver, we couldn't do, you, you couldn't sell anything. It was just for eight weeks. It was really, really tough there. Pennsylvania is the same way. So, you know, with us covering 11 states, every state was different, still continues to be different. And, uh, but overall, really positive moving forward. Those states were considered non-essential. Is that what you're That's saying? That's right. Yeah, okay. Pennsylvania was, Michigan was. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, but those those, uh, those states obviously got hit pretty hard. So, so Beth, you do cabinetry overall. What does that picture look like? We are definitely up in sales year to date. We're seeing a lot more. I don't know if volatility is the right word, but the up and down of sales, not consistent. We'll have just a fabulous month where we're shipping 
lots one month, not much the next. We're ordering a lot. We have a lot on our books is a great way to put it, but we're kind of at the mercy of finished carpenters right now. They're doing remodel projects on top of their normal new construction projects and they're just very busy. So year over year, do you have a percentage? We're 17% up. 17% up. And how much would that be due to inflation, which we hate to talk about at Drexel because it makes it look like our sales go up every year? Oh, I, I would say at least 3 4%. Only 3 4%. So a significant growth. Mm -hmm. And John, how about you personally? Personally, uh, the year started out really, really strong. Um, as soon as coronavirus hit, everything kind of got put on halt for a little bit. I had a pretty substantial project going on in Appleton, which really kept me busy and strong through the you know, March, April, May, uh, all while bidding out and putting together sales proposals for a lot of stuff. Um, probably once about June started, it really started picking back up to the point where it's just crazy busy right now and it's gonna be a rush to the finish line. I'd say I'm probably overall down about 10% right now for the year compared to last year. However, I think by the end of the year, I'll be up 10% by last year. So it's gonna be a really, really, strong finish and how many years you've been doing this you said that it, i've been here for eight years eight, eight years. years wow congratulations thank you so what is your primarily mix of clientele uh do you remodelers new construction walk-ins commercial i am all over the place i've always really liked to have a super diverse book of business um, I have a couple of new home builders, I have plenty of remodelers, I have a lot of restoration companies. Every once in a while I'll do some tenant build-out stuff depending on my relationship with clients. Um, but it just keeps me busy all year round. You know, the, the summer is when the new home construction is really, really solid. Then restoration really starts kicking in as well as remodeling in the winter time. Um, there's generally not a week where, you know, I'm not at it all week long. So. For, for you, because everyone's different, who would be your ideal client, not end user, but the person you're selling the cabinets to, of all those things you listed? I really like working with remodelers and then bringing in the home, like the homeowners in the mix as well. Um, I really pride myself on being a problem solver and I love to take a kitchen that people don't really care for add my touches to really start making it a lot more usable and functional and then crossing the finish line with something beautiful just kind of ties a lot of the strengths that i have together and you know my some of my remodelers are my best clients and people i work close most closely with because they understand my vision and they kind of let me run with it which is what i like cool cool um that's a good one that's a good one and beth what do you think Let's, let's go to the bat. This is kind of good. I always like to do this question. Elevator speech, yes. right? Elevator speech means 30 seconds up and down the elevator. Dale Carnegie thing. What do you, what would you tell people that Drexel does for 30? Like you got 30 seconds to say, hey, Drexel does this and this is why we're different and better. Okay. Um, Tough question. No pressure, no pressure. Okay, um, so cabinetry with Drexel Building Supply, I would say that Things that we do best are obviously supply cabinets and countertops. We have worked really hard to compile a great group of vendors that we feel confident in their products, that we can provide things that across all different dollar amounts, that we can help people achieve the dreams no matter what they want to invest in it. I think we do a fabulous job of team selling 
that we work together to create great designs. We ask each other for assistance. We run things past each other in order to get to the best end product. And I know in our industry, a lot of other companies are solo. We work together to help our clients and supply happiness. Really long elevator. It's really, I'm really sorry. old elevator. Or it's really it's kind of the 30th floor. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, just slowly <laughs> most of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Really great job. Really and good. how sweet. <laughs> really so now we're going to do a couple off the wall questions. We've got to keep it going back and forth. Uh, you know, we got to get to design trends. That's the normal. You have to answer that, right? Everyone wants to know in cabinetry. Before we get to that, we'll just do a little personal touch. Uh, I gave them a couple questions. This is not one of them. So, <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. No, no. Well, well, actually, we'll do the billboard question. That's probably my favorite. Should we do the billboard question? It must have been on the back page. No. So if there was a quote. You have a billboard. You have one quote to put on it. Everyone's going to see it. Right? Busy superhighway. What sane quote mantra would you put out to the world? So I, uh, I'm a big fan of Cameron Haynes. And his one of his you know, big things that he says is, uh, nobody cares, work harder. Um, you know, I grew up in a blue collar family. Um, we had to, I, I watched my parents work for everything that we had. And I feel like I do the same, if not taking it to the next level. Um, everything that I have is because of my hard work and nothing's given to you. You really gotta, you gotta make what you can with it. I love that one, that's good. All right, we're gonna stuff some time because you still, I guess, see the no, right. All right, I'm we'll ready. Go, we'll go, we'll go. Are you ready? We'll, right. we'll, go, we'll go to the back. I've got one. All right. This too shall pass. <laughs> I have used this too shall pass for years and years, and I often use it when there's things that aren't going quite right in my life. That this will go away. It'll be fine. I also use it more now for when things are going right to remember to appreciate things that this might not be forever. So this too shall pass. Either get over it or have fun and enjoy the moment. I love it. I love it. These are great. You guys are good. I love it. Am I up? Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah. Well, you know, right now it, it would be be kind. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind just because of some of the things going on in, in different parts of our country. But for, for me personally, it's, it would be uh, embrace the grind. Um, I have a buddy that uh, coaches football um, over in uh, North Carolina. He brought this guy in called Eric Thomas. So if you, if you, yeah, if you Google Eric Thomas, NC State, um, it, he's all about embracing the grind. And that, that kind of is, is, who I am and, and what uh, our rally cry to our uh, our folks on our team, um, and I just love that embrace the grind. It, it, it encompasses everything that I think you should do. I mean that that's got to be the foundation of hard work, getting after it, uh, being positive, and uh, don't be a gazelle. Yeah, if you know Eric Thomas. So yeah. yeah, if you don't know Eric Thomas, yeah, you, uh, you got to just Google YouTube. that. Yeah. And that, that NC State, uh, it, it's it's seven minutes, but it'll be a great seven minutes. And if you have a big uh, presentation, watch that first, and uh, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, I've never seen a guy sweat so much in a motivational speech. <laughs> He's just yelling. He's just giving it to him. Yeah. You don't want it bad enough. 
I'm a Jocko guy, which is the military, but Jocko and him in the same room, like somebody's not coming out alive for sure. I will outwork you. <laughs> I believe him. Heck yes, man. I mean, the guy was homeless, worked his way through. Yeah, it. yeah, it's, right. good, it's right. good stuff, so. Inky Johnson, yeah, have you watched Inky? Yeah, you said that stuff. You don't know Inky? Mm-hmm. Oh, you would love Inky. So really? Inky is, Inky uh, grew up in the ghetto, little dude, five seven, five eight. Pee Wee football practice, his mom would come late. He'd stay late, but she'd have to keep the headlights on. So he'd work for another hour until he's eight or nine years old. So, anyways, he, he worked his way to Tennessee, uh, worked his way onto the starting team, all worked everybody to get there. They told him his senior year, you're going to be a first round pick, buddy. You're out. You made it. Like, no way. Third game, he gets a vicious hit, collapses. Wakes up in the hospital, you're paralyzed on the right side. Your arm will never work, ever. And he took that and used it as a motivational thing from that second in the hospital. And he actually just posted it today. He said, God, that's not, that's not the plan. That's not the plan I put in place for myself. I work so hard, I deserve this. And his friends came and said the same thing. And he had realized that wasn't it what God had planned for him. And he had a bigger purpose than even the NFL. Mm. That's how he says it. Wow. But if you watch Inky, man, yeah. I love oh, Inky. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. He's like E.T. without the hood. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's like E.T. for oh, business. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But he's a great, great dude. Awesome. Yeah, Inky. So we, let's do the trend thing uh, before we run out of time because you guys have to answer that. Do you guys answer that every day? Like how many times a week do you answer what all the trends? It's such a hard question to ask because somebody will tell you a trend changes from week to week when in reality it's years to years to years. So how often do people ask you what's the trend? Daily? Daily? Yeah, I would say three or four times a week. Um, more whenever we have our meetings, we go for trends. Right. But if you're out and about, people know you're a cabinet designer, do oh, they ask you oh, if it's a trend? Yeah, like, that's just your go-to. Yes. Yeah. It's like being a nurse or a doctor and saying, well, I got an elbow. Yeah. yeah. Is that what that is? Or like my friends will go like, what would my wife buy? You know, okay. They, yeah. they don't. They're they're not as eloquent as these guys. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. What's hot in cupboards, Sporty? Cupboards. What's everybody doing? What's everybody doing? When they really want to stick it to me, yeah. The what, what is a, a cupboard? What does that mean, actually? Does anybody know? I think it's old. It's school. old school. That's where you store your cups. What was it? Was it board with cup? Cup boards. Just, that was the <laughs> yeah. It's just when my friends make friends make fun of me. That's all. Right. All right, let's let's get to it. Who wants to take the, the trend thing? Anything countertops, cabinets? Like, what do you? What do people need to know? Again, I want something that's in. What's in? What's hot? What's cool? What's coming up? Everyone knows what's coming up. Coming up. I don't, want, I don't want what's now. I want what's next year, right? Yeah. What's yeah. coming? Textured foils, definitely textured. I have no idea foils. what that means. Oh, it is different wood grains. Oh, then you know what that is? Texture foils? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. It's not a hoodie. Yeah, we'll show you when you're ready to buy that kitchen. You let us know. We'll help you. Get you around in our bathroom. All right. <laughs> it's wood grains, but they're actually foils, so they're very consistent. They have texture to them, lots of great colors, lots of matte foils we're seeing, so lots of wrapped to worst instead of solid woods. So yeah, that's that drives the price down, or is it a look? I'd say... Uh, a look is the number one. In some situations, it will be less. Do they want that repetitive, almost laminate look? They don't want the natural. They want wood, but they want it to look like a laminate wood. They don't really know what wood looks like. Is that what that is? 
How would you or, or they or they don't know the characteristics of wood. Right. That's so, what I mean. Yeah, yeah they, they, they want everything to look uh, precise, um, especially when things are uh, simple. And you know, we're we're very much in a transitional, even to uh, I call it Midwest contemporary, where it's it's a little bit more what we think of contemporary, right? Straight lines, slab doors, uh, little hardware, lots of open shelves. Um, and so they like to see a consistency. And so I think that's what breeds that. You know, also your paint is still, you know, you talked about, let's not talk about what's hot now. Paint's still hot, but we're actually starting to see it starting to soften a little bit. Now it's still gonna be around for the next five years, but it will soften. And I think a little bit of that is that just that people don't like, hey, there's expansion and contraction in wood. And, oh, you're gonna have a little seam here and they call it a crack. And so I think people are like, I don't want that. So what can I, what look can I get that has maybe a little bit more function, same look, maybe about the same price, a little bit less. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, yeah. John, countertops. The big thing with countertops right now is ultra thin materials. Um, you know, typically our countertops are going to come in three centimeters, which is about an inch and a quarter. Uh, granite has pretty much really, I'm not going to say fallen off completely, but unless you're going with a super high-end, luxurious, one-of-a-kind movement, uh, almost the entire market from what I see has gone towards quartz, which is still done in three centimeters, but people are really starting to try to achieve a look that almost makes it look like a countertop is floating. So going from an inch and a quarter down to one centimeter, you know, maybe you know, less than half of an inch. So that's been pretty popular. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with a quartz material that's so much harder than a granite's gonna be anyway. Uh, less less issues that you have to worry What's about. What's going on with the granite shops? Are they struggling? What are you guys hearing? I mean, that's the, the change in the marketplace. Oof. Yeah. Five years, seven years, could not live, I could not live my life without my granite countertops. Yeah, you, you so thick, a, thick yeah. countertops, right? And, and, you know, let's bring out four slabs and go to the port of, you know, Winnebago, Port Washington, and act like I'm picking these out, which I guess you were. The finest <laughs> Italian marble. Sure. Uba Tuba. What, you know, that changed in five years. Has anybody heard anything? I mean, honestly, on the granite market, as far as I see, a lot of granite places are really struggling. Some of them are going out of business. Um, Ports has just, in the matter of the last six years, been able to mimic granite so much that you wouldn't even really be able to tell the difference between the two. And you know, most granite that you're getting is going to come with a tailgate warranty, meaning the second you see that guy leave your driveway, it's probably the last time you're going to hear from him. Ports is not like that. At a minimum, you're going to get a 10, 15 lifetime warranty on it. Just so much harder, so much more uh, antimicrobial in a kitchen. Um, it, it just has so many more specific things that it can do that granite can't. It's granite's always defined elegance at home, but it's not the case any longer. Yeah, right. I think they've pivoted to more of the commercial side of business. Like yeah. Apartment, you know, just the, the real commercial side is where granite lives now and it, it doesn't live in home. Why does it live in commercial? Uh, I just think that a um, little bit less expensive, right? It's totally a price point. Yeah. You could put a rig in your garage and you could fabricate granite slabs from your garage. It's not really the same with quartz. Quartz is a lot more precise mm -hmm. just because it's so much harder. A lot of granite companies, uh, as far as I understand, can't even really cut for quartz like in their manufacturing plants. So. Um, you know, that's why we work with some of the best because they can. Cool. Stops. That's good stuff. Thank you.
Okay, cabinetry can have a lot of mistakes. You make a lot of errors. Business in this industry can have a lot of errors. Um, we can do some horrible things, right? One click of a button on your computer, the whole cabinet's ordered the wrong color, <laughs> right? So tell me a mistake that you made that you can remember that just jumps at you, that really impacted you negatively, but you learned a lot from it, that you can maybe share with people that they could learn from it. Or just a funny, it can be a totally funny, I don't really care. Specific to? For, for, for instance, Holden over here, I'm questioning his, his needs. What? Yeah, exactly, okay. <laughs> Specific <laughs> to the cabinet industry? You're saying that? Uh, I think, I mean, it can be anything, sure, but you know, we're, we're talking cabinets. If it's business related, that's probably good, but I don't really care. It's your, it's your, it's your pot. It's happy hour. I mean, if you want to just tell the, the dumbest thing you've, you've done and what you learned from it. <laughs> Better not do that. <laughs> it's all learning. Where's that microphone at? Fall seven rise. It's like the fall seven rise eight segment where we learn from our mistakes. So, I think cabinetry world, I did an amazing project, beautiful kitchen wonderful beautiful island and then she got in her kitchen and we had a mixer cabinet in there and a mixer cabinet lifts up and when you're using the mixer it's open when her mixer was in the up position she could not open her refrigerator to get more eggs to bake anything so now in part of training we go through when you open a mixer cabinet, make sure when it's in the up position, you can still maneuver around it. So that was a very expensive learning. Complete rip out? The island, yeah. Well, I we had to kind of flip things around it, and it wasn't even so much that. I, I, I ruined her dreams. That was the worst part of it. You know, I still remember that we had this, it was all going to be so amazing, and it took the end product to something a little less than amazing. So that's the hard part. It was an emotional hit. Oh, totally. Totally. We were able to get things to work, but it just wasn't as When that happens to somebody, it can be really, really detriment to their career long term. They might not recover. I've had two people have either quit or have had to ask them to get off the Drexel bus when that's happened to them. Mm -hmm. They don't recover. I mean, stuff you train and see a lot of designers come and go, um, they can't do it. How do you recover from massive mistakes? I mean, I'm talking, it's the wrong color. You know, we've delivered the wrong shingles and the roofer has put them on. Homeowner came home and it's the wrong color, right? So, yeah. you know, there, there could be bad stuff here. Now, we didn't, we're not surgeons. We didn't take off the wrong arm. But, uh, so how do you recover? From, how do you recommend recovering from that? For <laughs> my years? billboard, read my billboard. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yep. It's the only thing that gets you through some. Is that your mantra to, to tell people? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There is no one on our team that makes a mistake on purpose. Everybody on our team is doing the best they possibly can. And sometimes things just don't go right. And we'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I would say from my side of it, I, I see it actually as a, a, a leadership role that if, if somebody makes a huge mistakes, uh, mistake or mistakes, and they don't have the backup from leadership, um, then it usually is worse. And so if you have somebody like, just what Beth had said is like, and, and what you pointed out too is like, okay, it's an emotional vibe, yet the, the, the key is, what are we gonna do? It's 10% it's of what happens, it's 90% how you react to it. It's like, we're gonna do everything we can to make this right as quick as we can. Made a mistake. And so I think if you have that leadership, then that salesperson 
is going to be okay. They'll get through it together as a team. And I, I think that when I see somebody that just can't do it anymore, it's usually because the leadership in the company isn't there for them. Or it burns too. Is it also because they burn too hot? Or there's, they're too intense. The leader up top is too intense. Yeah. Or, or, Set, right, or setting the wrong expectation. Sure. Or, or, or points the finger and is like, how could you do this? It's like, well, you probably did it in the past too. And it's just, just not handled correctly, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if there's a mistake made, you, you, you work through it together and you do it as a team. And usually people are pleased at the end. It usually takes a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it's done the right way. Um, and again, I, I, I just kind of go right to the top. Like, if you have good leadership, things will get taken care of. I'll take one, one of you two pick your, anybody got one good that you're hung on a mistake you made? <laughs> Beth taught me very early on working here that mistakes happen, um, but it's how you react to them. One way you react to them is you don't let it happen again. I, I personally can't really remember a time where I made a mistake and made that same mistake again, which really helps you grow and it also kind of just gives you more confidence. Yes, it happened, but it's not going to happen again. Every once in a while, probably once a year, I'll have a freak out moment that I go to her with and she always responds with, did somebody die? And it's just wood. It's, it brings me right back down to level, makes me kind of realize what's going on and things are going to be okay. You know, at the end of the day, we're not the type of company or the type of people who are going to walk out on you. We're going to make sure that everything is crossing the finish line like you want it and that you're happy. Sorry if there's a couple of uh, mistakes that happen along the way, but it's not intentional and we really are just trying to make you happy. Okay, I think I, I think I sent you guys a couple questions. And one, I think our, our guests holding are always they always want to have they're always preparing the questions I send them, so we got to actually talk about them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was a hundred dollar, right? If you had a hundred dollars, right? And recently, hundred dollars or less, what was a great purchase that you made? Um, what 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 did you what did you what do you think that is? It's a, it's a great question. And I know you totally snaked it from Tim Ferriss because you're a big fan, just like I am. Yeah, these, these are all Ferriss questions. But I'm I don't ever, I've never done anything in my life that's unique. I just steal other people's ideas. Copy and steal every case system. Yes. I stole one from him that is great, and I've turned it on to a lot of people. Um, there's a particular type of sandal out there called UFOs. They're spelled O-O-F-O-S. They are made for like uh, high-energy athletes, especially marathon runners. And they are like a foam composite that uh, marathon runners will put on afterwards because their feet swell so much that they need to have something soft to stand on. And I buy a new pair of these every single year. They are my favorite purchase ever, I think, for under $50. I've probably- Eat your house. Are they like your slippers? Or no, like these are like wear? walk around town sandals, better for my feet than any pair of shoes that I've ever had. Saturday night you go out with them or is no, it grocery I, shopping? Grocery shopping. Aaron's heel, correct. That. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what do they call them, sorry? Lifts or something? No. They're called Uf UFO sandals. O-O-F-O-S. O-O-F-O-S. Write that down. Hold them. We'll make sure our followers, all 10 of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gosh, we're on the same page. Um, I don't buy any. Say UFOs too. No, uh, but but kind of close. Um, and I don't buy much. My my wife is a professional buyer, uh, but I gotta admit, um, 
she bought me some tennis shoes. I think they're, are they called Hoka? H-O-K-A? Um, I don't know. Great running shoe. Uh, she's getting me to walk a little bit more, and especially during these crazy times. I've walked a lot. She bought me these shoes. I don't know. I'm assuming they better be under 100 bucks, <laughs> but they are uh, better, uh, best running shoe by far I've ever had. Hoka. H-O-K-A. Yeah. Write that down. Your mom has those. Are they, they are they under hundred bucks? Uh, aren't they like like running shoes? Yeah, yeah. She has those. Yeah. But they you know they look a little bulky, but great support. Are they dad shoes? I feel like dad shoes. <sighs> I hope they are dad shoes. They're like shoes that you see like. Hey. Dad oh, shoes. <laughs> shoes that you see like people like like middle aged people wear. <laughs> <laughs> you want to wrestle? <laughs> no, what's the well, what's the new balance? They're like new balance. They're like the, the yeah. modern day new balances. New balance. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. All right. Let's not contact Hoka's for a sponsorship. All right. Beth? I do find it funny that <laughs> I'm the one that didn't buy any shoes the last six months. Right, right. <laughs> um, mine totally different. And this spring, uh, I did some flower shopping for my perennial flower bed and I splurged on a couple different colored home flowers and I just enjoyed them this summer watching them. So totally different. Say that again. Cone flowers. Cone flowers. Oh, you have cone flowers going? Yeah. yeah I love cone flowers. You never had cone flowers? Before? I've always had cone flowers, but I bought two different colors. One of them is called it was like a cantaloupe, so it's a really unique orange color. Oh, I can and see. And the that other either. one was like a triple purpley pink color. I loved it. Oh. Something different. I like my standard cone flowers. I have the yellow and I have the purple. And then the orange. I don't know if I like the rainbowy stuff. I killed the green one this year, so that will need to get replaced next. Green? It was green. It was really interesting. And it right by the front door because it was such a focal point. Emerging trend color, green. Oh, there we go, green. It goes back to cabbage. It is. Totally. I'm green. Oh, darker green. Which green? <laughs> darker greens or in darker green? Like forest green. Dark. Dark-ish, yep, yep. Really? Yeah. As a cabinet or as an accessory? Both. Yeah, both. Really? Both. I mean, mm-hmm. navy blue, hot right now. Shifting to green. Shifting to green. Mm-hmm. Emerging trend. Green. Did you know that? I did not know that. I know it's really Colossal color. Maybe a little darker. Uh, I was going to say, wrong green. Wrong green. Wrong green. <laughs> like the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Questions that I have that maybe a couple, just one or two further questions that we want to explore. So in cabinetry and countertops, uh, how are people doing selections? What's the software they're using? What's their expectations? Price points, cost, where's their target? Like what are they looking for the experience level, right? I mean, I've been doing this for as longer than Holden's been alive. And I've seen it, you know, showrooms were the absolute place to go. High-end showrooms, even if it was a modest cabinetry. I don't know if I see that trend anymore. Right now we have the internet, now we have Pinterest. I don't even know if Pinterest is still the right thing. Is it house? Like if you were saying, if you were telling somebody money regardless, right? Besides literally making a mock kitchen of your actual kitchen. What would be the ultra experience? Even if Drexel doesn't offer it, so don't oversell Drexel. 
what would be your ultimate experience as far as how that would go? Is that a, is that a good question? You know where I'm going with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ish. That's a joke. Okay. Yeah, for, for me personally, I, I, I think that, uh, and, and I get to see lots of different showrooms and, and from very boutique-y, uh, which typically is higher end, that, that they're, you know, have that boutique-iness feel about them too, um, which is certainly not you guys, but, but uh, in some areas, uh, very um, basic, uh, dirty, which drives me nuts, uh, 15 displays that just are all look the same and, and then and then have a lot of in between but i still think it's important for people that they like to touch and feel i mean it's such a personal you know the kitchen the heart of the home i mean i think still um even you know you'd say like a car i think people just need to test drive it i think people need to test drive their kitchen i really do i think i know i personally would not as as important it is in the home uh, i wouldn't just be online and get educated without touching and feeling and opening drawers and seeing what all the accessories are. I, I just, I, I would not have a good experience doing it any other way than going to a showroom and really touching and feeling and getting educated and seeing for myself, and it's a visual world, of what does this product line or what does this design have to offer? I need to see it, I need to touch it, I need to feel it, my opinion. You're right on it with the show. I mean, it's kind of where you can really get into the weeds on the differences between different cabinet lines and, you know, what a white is in three different lines because they're going to be three separate things. <laughs> One thing that has really changed with me just during the whole pandemic is not only the presentation you can give somebody when they come into your showroom, but almost what you can virtually do for a presentation. Um, I really tried to put a lot of time into going from like a previous like line drawing that I would send somebody to now I'll do full color renderings with my light features. You can even start putting dogs in the home, glasses in the home, plates, things like that to really, really get them to imagine it because for a while we didn't have people in our showroom and you still want to wow them and really show them what their kitchen could be like. Drexel offers that? Yeah. And is that a charge for that? No. No charge for that. Okay. And that's a full interior walkthrough virtual of the project. Yeah. Because you think there's another, Beth, do you think there's another level to that? I mean, we're doing virtual walkthroughs. Do you think VR is going to be the future? <clears throat> Definitely. Definitely. We're, we're headed that direction. We're not quite there yet as far as the software that's available right now gets us part of the way there. We're able to do beautiful virtual presentations and show perspectives to do. We can stand in one spot and kind of spin around. We can't truly do a walkthrough and that's where it needs to go next. It'd be interesting if someday you can reprice it in real time too. Yeah. You know, you feel the cabinets updating your bid as you're doing that. Yeah. that right. Yeah. A real ultimate, I think, spin on that. Well, even with what we've been able to do in the last six months, Drexel really invested big time in our computers and our computer programming. So it's so much easier than printing off a couple of sheets. You take your laptop and you sit down with that client. You can make real-time changes so that they can really see what's available and what they can do. It's a game changer. Well, and the real problem with the print-offs, right, is you end up with like a quarter inch of ink on that thing and it's all smudgy and disgusting. You don't want to print things off, right? In my opinion. Yeah, and, it, and that brings everything full circle to be wanting to touch and feel because 
like I said, a, a color that you see on a computer screen is different from what you see in a brochure, is different from what you actually see in real life. Yeah. So, you know, getting, getting it exactly how it is in real life, you know, could make or break your whole entire kitchen project. Last question that we have to explore. We sell box cabinets, cabinets in a box, right? I want custom cabinets though. I have a custom shop, right? But theirs cream is high end. It can be expensive. They're very beautiful. I have them in my household and I love them and adore them, but they're furniture legacy pieces. You'll never have to replace your cabinets again if you have theirs cream. I'll put my life on it because I have them in my home. That's a true statement. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful cabinets. But they are not the cheapest, but they come in a box. So what does that mean? Why, are, why don't we just have custom cabinets or, or what is this box cabinets? Why would I buy a box cabinet when I have a guy two miles away that can make me anything I want? Great question. You're gonna have the best in-depth answer on this. Oh. I'll, I'll start it off with people really get hung up on the word custom and in my personal opinion, any cabinet that we're gonna be able to supply you is gonna be a custom cabinet. It's not like we just mosey on back into our warehouse pick one up off of a shelf and deliver it to you by hand. Everything is made specifically for you to your specifications, whether it be wood species, door style, stain, paint, anything like that. Um, obviously it goes a lot deeper than that if you want to expand upon yeah. that. Yeah, well, it's, it's a great question because it's, what does custom really mean? And we, we use that word so much in our, in our industry. And it's like custom to you might mean if I had 10 people here and we, we asked that question individually, there would probably be 10 different answers because it would be, oh, it's a custom color or they're hand built or you know who, who knows, or they're hand finished. And people really don't know what they actually even want but they just want to hear custom. So, and I think that's what has, you know, the box cabinet. I think the regional shops go, oh, well, that's a box cabinet, but is that worse or is that better? You know, I think with with our product mix and, and our our comment to that is that, you know, we, we mix technology uh, with craftsmanship. And with our finish systems, if you think about our, three million dollar finish system that Dura put in a couple years ago and the technology behind it uh, and especially the top coat the sealer and the top coat and everything's all hand finished but there has to be a sealer and a top coat that we can put a lifetime warranty on it we're a regional shop you know you're typically getting like a sprayed on lacquer they let it sit and it never completely seals but it almost seals and it's just it's a different level of finish that's put on the product. And that's why, you know, typically regional shops, they just, they don't have a lifetime warranty because, um, you know, I don't know if they're not comfortable with that. I don't know how long they've been in business, but you know, it's, it's a little bit all over the board, but you know, do we make any color that you'd ask for? Yes. Can we, can you send us a wood chip and we can make a custom color? Yes. If that's what custom means to you, that's what we will. Uh, but, you know, the box cabinet is that we ship Duracyprin cabinetry all throughout the country. We can't, we can't have uh, a run of 15 feet um, on one truck. You can't get it into the house. And so we have to be systematic in our approach and we'll build, if you want a 13 and a half inch cabinet, we'll make a 13 and a half inch cabinet. I mean, we'll make any size that you want. Everything special is specially made for that particular order. Um, 
but it's put in a box and, uh, and shipped throughout the country. I got to visit your factory several times and I'll never forget uh, what do you talk about a living finish or uh, uh, what do you call it, patina finish? Is that there's actually a person? Is she still there? Is the same person? Yeah, yeah, actually two. Yep, yeah, two people, and they they like have to have the least amount of stress in the world when they get home because they're literally their job is to custom beat up each door and each cabinet. Uh, I was amazed. I was amazed by that. I don't know why. I can still vividly remember that. Also, understanding then why it costs so much. Yeah, it's, there's literally a human doing that. So if you have a whole kitchen of that, it's gonna take her a full shift. From what I understand. Oh, geez, yeah, at, yeah, at least. I mean, a big kitchen it take a couple days. I mean, it you have to be consistently inconsistent. Yeah, um, but to art. make it, yeah, it's 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 our work and um, two ladies that do that and they're very detail oriented. But they they uh, yeah they do a wonderful job. But you know that's the cool thing, uh, and, and and you guys promote that so nicely. Is that. The, the cool thing about Dura is that you can, in the same space, you can you can have a standardized kitchen, or if you want to build anything that you can think of, we're able to do that. You know, with the right designers in place. I mean, it's really we have the easy part. We're make we're manufacturing it, designing it is the tough part, and sending it into order. That's the that's the tough part. Beth, we have a unique relationship with Dura. Yes. Uh, and we have our own private line. Uh, called Blue Door. Tell me about it. So, Ludor is a pared down offering of Dura Supreme. We took the best, most popular door styles, the most popular finishes in all wood species, and we created a cabinet line. It's the exact same quality as Dura Supreme. However, it doesn't have some of the extreme custom pieces, the custom hoods, the custom lockers, but we can do beautiful kitchens with them. And it comes in definitely more economical than the full Dura line. The really nice thing about it is we can do 95% of a kitchen using our blue door cabinet line. And if we do need that one hood, we can order that with the Dura label on it and it's going to be an exact match. The people at Dura Supreme manufacturing the cabinets don't know if it's a Dura Supreme or if it's a Blue Door. So it's same thing. Quality control, yeah. all that. All of that, all of that. And, and Steph, you used to have a, a thing, speaking of quality control, do you still have a team there that I believe once a week, once a shift, and I'm not sure what it is, from every department comes down and inspects a cabinet, is that once a week? Yeah, it's, it's uh, every Friday at 9 a.m. They just, they do a, uh, and they'll switch it up a little bit just just because they do, I don't know if it's a schedule thing or they just want to be random, uh, but they'll, yeah, they'll have different department heads. They'll just go in and audit and take a look at all the cabinets, they'll, they'll pick, 20 cabinets come down the line and they'll pick it apart with a fine tooth comb and go, okay, here are, uh, you, you, you have to take a broad approach and then go, here are the five things that we can refine with the with what we've seen. So you always want cabinets that are made on a Friday because everyone's on edge. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's maybe why they pick it apart a little bit. Yeah. But no, I think it's- Tuesdays. It's, yeah, Tuesdays. right, right, yeah, you yeah, yeah you're okay. But I think it, that that's the, the cool thing is that you know, you can always get better in any business that we talk about. You can always refine, continue to get better. And uh, Dura does a really nice job of staying proactive and, and actually going down there. And, and, and these are the department heads going down there and, and, and checking out the product just to ensure that 
we're doing the things that uh, that we're supposed to be doing. I think that's cool. Consistency is everything in cabinets, in my opinion. It is. Uh, the uh, you guys get to have the final words. We're actually completely out of time, over time. Uh, if you guys can believe that this goes fast, but you get to have the final words. Something that you wish would have been brought up, but you now can bring up. What were you sitting on? Like, I, I want to talk a little bit about this or explore that, or you ask me a question, this and I want to answer it. Jeez. I guess I, I just want to bring up, and maybe we kind of discussed just how monumental a, a platform like podcasting really is. If there is anything out there that you are interested in, there's probably five podcasts about it. Um, use them as a tool. I mean, it's to me, it's it's like what college almost is. You can learn anything about anything. Um, a couple that I really love, uh, Joe Rogan Experience has been along forever. Love it. Um, Armchair Rogan guys right here. Good. They just use a term, it's like parrot heads, there's not like a Rogan term, is there if you're a Rogan guy? No, although I, my wife accuses me of like, you know, having a man crush on him all the time, but he's... <laughs> it's fine, she knows that. Just so important for the industry and just what he brings to it. Um, Do you think that uh, debate's going to happen? I would they're, love... They're proposing a Joe Rogan four-hour debate. Four hour debate yeah. Joe Biden, Donald the Joe Biden, Biden. Uh, Trump, Trump's totally in it. Our way, not by it, but he speaks to such an audience and such a platform. Joe Rogan would, would probably get two to three times as many people oh, listening yeah. to that podcast as all the major networks combined on television. It's, it's that powerful. So, um, I, I also really like Armchair Expert um, by Dax Shepard. On Mondays, he usually does like a celebrity athlete, something like that. And on Wednesdays, he does more of a in depth with. Um, people that are in the industry, whether it be uh, psychologists, um, just people that will teach you something, which I really like. And one of my favorites is how I built this with Guy Raz. Um, you know, he would sit down and huge old talk about how you started at Drexel and then how you scaled up to where it is today. And it's super interesting because everybody's got a different story. Um, but you know they are where they are because of their hard work and how they got there. So those are some that I just I you know if you're not a big podcast fan, um, try them out because they, they will change your life. Cool, thank you. That's great. Well, if we're going to talk podcasts, I'm not following all the sports guys. You guys are doing half of the people you talked about. I've never heard of, and I'm okay with it. I love Renee Brown and Glennon Doyle. If there are women in your own life, I think that those are a couple great podcasts for them to listen to. There's lots of... That's my alarm. <laughs> nope. They're both authors as well and just very good at making everybody comfortable being themselves. Awesome. Awesome. The stuff is... Uh, you have any last No, I'm a little bit more of a book guy, so thought maybe you'd bring up a book. Um, strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, have you read it? No. I, I'm, a, I'm a girl dad, Yeah. so, uh, and you have a daughter, so yes. you may want to read it. I brought an extra copy just for you. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah, that's, I'm gonna read that right away, that's my next Ooh. one. You know, it's, it's a struggle though, if you're a book guy like I am, everybody recommends a book and then they follow up if you read it. Yeah. So, heard it. Right. But I'm reading that one. Yeah. I, I brought a copy. Yeah. So uh, really cool. And Season of Life 
Reddit? No, neither one. Over and under, you heard it here first. Joel's going to cry three times when he reads okay. it. Three times. Great book. Little dumb jacket, but it season of life. Okay. Well, there's one that I. That about I being a team, about, you know, before we were talking about, you know, the high school athletics and, you know, uh, I live in Dane County and, and, you know, it's just so unfortunate that being a part of the team and, and, and uh, the importance of that and kids are missing out right now, which is a total bummer. So I thought that season of life for me brings me back to that is a good book. That's great. I shared it with uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Jimmy, that we both know. And uh, he was on the plane reading that when we were going somewhere and uh, he's doing one of these. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. There's, a, there's a book I thought of you that was uh, The Outcomes of Success, I think. Or, does anybody know that book? The Outcomes no, of Success? I'm uh, not even saying it right, so I apologize. Uh, but it's, it's stories of mostly athletes, uh, but not all athletes and what they had to sacrifice. And uh, is it even, is, is what they consider success even good? Uh, especially Urban Meyer is the one hit me the most. Basically burned out his family, burned himself out. Yeah. And then he's even saying, I'm not gonna do it again. And they're catching him doing it as he's saying he's not gonna do it at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Literally, as they're kind of interviewing him, they're like, no, not going back to that. That was in the past. Yeah. And it was extreme stuff. Yeah. You know, where his daughter at college graduation, and, you know, I think it was, I could be off, but it was a major event in her life, and she's like, what are you doing here? You haven't been to anything else? Oof. Some very oof moments. The whole book's got oof moments. Big ones. So that's it. Um, so thank you for coming on. I appreciate you all. Uh, this wraps it up. So uh, you guys are great. And it's fun. Uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Happy Hour Podcast number 11 is over. And oh, thanks, Holden. Okay, it's so cool that you're. Uh, 